AOC Community Media presents Mind on Media. Hello, everyone. My name is Christy with AOC. I am here with the rest of our AOC gang. And welcome back to another episode of Mind on Media Conscious Conversations. Today, we're going to be discussing all things digital media advertising. Why should you care about digital media advertising? Well, digital marketing experts have estimated that most Americans this past year in 2020 were exposed to between 4,000 and 10,000 ads each day. And uh, those numbers are from Forbes.com. And with more of these companies stepping up their digital advertising game and really becoming more strategic in their delivery to consumers, some Americans aren't really sure how to actually detect when they're encountering these media ads or know what are the factors that are determining the different ads that they see. So join the convo with us today as we respond to some of the most commonly Googled questions about digital media advertising. So I'm going to go straight into uh, the first question as I was searching through Google for, for common questions. This one popped up um, as one of the first prompts. The question is, is digital advertising good or bad? Um, and I'm going to just stretch that a bit because the question was short. Um, is digital advertising good or bad? I'm going to make the assumption that they mean for society in general. So... I'm going to throw that out there um, and I've sort of, I feel like we're formulating in our head kind of the same answer. I don't know, but I'll wait for you guys to go first before um, I jump in. I do have a question about the question. <laughs> uh, so digital advertising, are we talking like, like online advertising mostly? And, and are we specifically talking about like other privacy issues and things like that or, or is there any distinction there? Or is it just that broad term digital uh, advertising? I think it just kind of went really broadly as I was searching. Um, yeah, I, I assumed it to mean sort of online advertising, but it can be as broad really as you, you know, decide to take it. Fair enough. For the conversation, y'all watch this thing on? Yep. We can. Yeah, we got you. But yes, it is good or bad for society. It is both. Yes, the answer is yes. It is good or bad, and that's a fact. Uh, <clears throat> but I promise not to talk too much so somebody else can have to react to that. I'll put the other side of the coin up there that it's neither good nor bad. And it's always out thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can give like an unbiased, honest answer uh, personally because I, I think the beast of capitalism is bad for society. Uh, so I don't know that I can give you a, a real good, concise, unbiased, definitely not unbiased answer. Questionable at best in its current outcome, uh, performance. Yeah. You guys are going the same, the same way that I had a plan. I had kind of thought it in my head as well. Uh, Bethany, what were you saying? I would say there's becoming increasingly more invasive and and, and that that is targeted. So when you uh, when you when you think you have a conversation with somebody, hey, I need to get some potting soil, and before you know it, there's a potting soil ad on your um, 
your next your next website you visit. So it is becoming increasingly more invasive, I find. Well, I found, uh, and this actually just happened today. We had a meeting with our intern, Georgia, the other day. And I talked about a project Samuel did with terms of services where he laid them out on a wall to show the different lengths of terms of services. And today my Google news feed fed me an art installation that was that exact thing. It was just an art installation in New York City where they had laid out terms of services and put a big I agree next to it, which I found kind of funny. Well, so- yeah, I definitely think the invasiveness that that you touched on is is sort of a, um, interesting and sort of weird place that it is going. I think to even like expand further on this sort of idea, do you feel that this um, sort of, I guess, advertising push into that space is more beneficial to us in that way or like in like getting our getting our ads targeted to the things that we are seeking like and sort of not being afraid of the filter bubble concept do you feel like there could be more benefit from it or uh more harm to to come about i honestly feel like it it could have the potential to be beneficial but I don't believe I, I believe regulation is twenty years behind the technology. Well, and I was uh, I was going to bring that up uh, that the the devil's advocate position, so to speak, or, or what you know, companies that are promoting targeted advertising would say is, well, we're just decreasing the amount of clutter in your feed and only providing you with advertisements that you might be interested in. Which, in a way, I'm not opposed to. The privacy issues definitely like freak me out, but also I've read a little bit deeper and they do give some assurances that, you know, they're doing something to protect personal information. They're just using it to target advertising to you. So, I, I find in some ways it is helpful too. And, um, and I, I'm not saying the, con- um, the advertisers for, you know, think that I'm not interested in AARP or something. I'm not there yet. But I am seeing a lot of if I watch a TV show on Netflix, uh, I get like, oh, you can get this T-shirt from this TV show. And it's so oh, great. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Let me buy it. So it's working, actually. <laughs> and I, I mean, the when Christy prompted this conversation, I went and I do this occasionally. You can go to uh, Matt and I, 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 I can at least speak to, we're all in on Google. Uh, we enjoy their their entire suite of tools. Uh, we buy into most of their services. So they know a lot about us. Uh, and so occasionally I'll go to adsettings.google.com, which will give you a breakdown of everything they know about you uh, and how they target advertisements to you. Uh, and I can clear it out as I see fit or I can leave things that I'm glad they know about me. Uh but when Christy prompted this conversation, I went and checked it again because it had been a little while. Um, and it really is kind of besides like my shopping habits and my viewing habits, it's pretty generic. It's they know I'm an, I'm a male. They know I'm between the ages of 24 and 52, uh, which is a pretty big range. Uh, and then they know the kind of stuff I'm looking like. They know that I like comic books. They know that I'm, I'm, I'm constantly searching for video equipment. Uh, they know that I'm interested in family friendly television shows cause I've got kids. It's, it's very generic stuff. So it doesn't make me super nervous, 
uh, about what what they know about me, but I guarantee you they know a lot more than they're telling me they know because of the amount of buy-in that I have. The fact that they tell you they know that is great, but the stuff they're using to get past your defenses to make you want to buy things, the pervasiveness and the manipulation that ultimately moves most of that stuff is affecting our society as greatly or even more greatly than propaganda does. And because they're so good at it and they can target it and the psychological ad business is so much greater now than it was a hundred years ago, uh, it's, it's dangerous. It's manipulative. Our defenses, the reason we have this conversation is because our defenses are not up high enough. They're really good and ads do work. And they, if they don't work on you, they work on your neighbor, which influences what's available at the grocery store. It's a big deal. I'll flip the argument by saying without it, how would I know what kind of jockage to get? You know, I don't, you know, you need it. Well, I'm, I'm curious too, Ed, do you have any insight? Cause I know you, you at least have relations that are closer cause none of us are in the advertising business. None of us are really in, I mean, we do, we do marketing and we participate, but none of us are in that business. But just so that we don't like go down, cause I think our, our general like sort of feeling is to, to, to concentrate on the conspiracy theory side of it, like Google is tracking me, they have a drone flying over me at all times, so they know which shops I'm going into. But what are some of those things, I guess, that we as consumers could be like more aware of as uh, like advertising bad practices or, or things like that? You all know this already. The kind of manipulations they'll target to you, for example, because they've already diagnosed that you're a much more precise person than I am. So they'll sell you ads based on your, your, your desire for German engineering and Swiss workmanship and so forth. And they'll sell me Big Lebowski sh- and they do that, and it happens. And it's not a guy sitting back there saying, "Hey, well, it's a stoner. Let's give him this." And Matt's a precision guy giving that. It's all being taken care of by machines that put all that together. And they know that William's got two kids. They know they're both boys, and so they sell him more blue shit than pink. Shit. It's that subtle, and it's it covers a wide, 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 wide range of your psychological reactions. They know people that live in certain areas react to uh, threats of danger as opposed to inducements to make money. So they sell ads in those areas that are afraid of danger. They sell them protection, and they sell them danger, and then they sell them protection. It's insidious, and it, it's the danger. It's automatic. It ha- the machines are doing this now. So it's you- it's even more diabolical than that, though, because you mentioned that it knows, or you know, the algorithm knows that I have two boys, so they sell me more blue than pink. It's actually they know I've got two boys, and they know one boy's favorite color is pink, and one boy's favorite color is green. And they know the age difference, so they will sell me stuff that in green for a four-year-old and stuff in pink for a nine-year-old. It's very, very diabolical. And it's everywhere. And it's uh, Skip and I sent a camera off to uh, for a repair shop. I had to email them. <clears throat> it all happened by email. I emailed them and said, what's up with my repair? They emailed back and said, I'll let you know tomorrow. Now, Everything I look at on Google is plastered with ads for camera <laughs> repair all over the place. And it's William pointed it to happen to him from a conversation. Uh, is there, it, it influences your life in ways you don't know. Even if it's not influencing you, it's an influence in the environment you're living in. And look at the kids that kill each other for a pair of shoes. 
I, I won't say advertising per se did that. But well, to be fair, yeah, that's been going on for longer than we've had uh, this form of digital advertising, at least. That was happening when I was in grade school, pre-internet, baby. But it wasn't as pervasive, and it uh, it wasn't quite so psychologically targeting. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is uh, the, there's a paradox from like the art realm going into advertising realm because you have a lot of the same thinkers there. They're trying to reach you on an emotional level, uh, try to reach you in different ways to get you to think. Uh, and advertising sort of has taken that away from the art realm, I guess, or has knows that is a powerful tool for uh, saying something or getting you to think a certain way to get you to provoke you to maybe try that product or go for that type of. Uh, thing so it it sucks but it's also kind of i can see it as inspiration for how to reach those people on a different level in an art realm versus you know like it's all inspiration but it's also not good because it's taking away from people's ability to control what they're taking in right turned capitalism into art I see Mandy's been trying to click her little microphone on and off and we never we keep cutting her off so everybody give Mandy a moment I don't even know if I have this cranked up at the right uh, level. Um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate in a way uh, as far as for the advertisement Um, and not even for the advertisement, but for the fact that it makes it easier for smaller businesses and companies. And I think it's really important for them to be able to be in front of you and let you know what they they offer, what they have. Um, It could be something as simple as the restaurant down the road telling you about their five o'clock special or uh, four for one something or something Uh, they can get in so much more uh, inexpensively and target directly to the people they're trying to reach now, which is great for them and it's great for our local economies. But it also needs, I agree, need to, to be monitored and, and what they can mine from you, you know, to target you with those. But it can be a very effective and it's very important for them to, you know, it's it's opened up a huge opportunity for smaller companies versus just Nike or Coca-Cola to be able to advertise to people now. You know, you can get on a YouTube video or a a Facebook ad, you know, for $15 versus $5,000 for a 30-day campaign, you know? In a way. Now I'm going to, uh, I agree with you, Mandy. I think the, um, yeah, the data and, and that uh, stuff for small businesses, particularly, you know, even in the climate we are now can be super beneficial to them. So I think that just jumps back to what, um, where I was going with it. And I heard Matt say it, that um, it does feel like, it is um, neither good nor bad. It, it's a tool, and we've got to determine how we um, how we use that. Um, and I think one of the common threads just between um, us in general on this call is that uh, we all often recognize or try to recognize whenever we are receiving that uh, those online digital advertisements. You know, we are seeking it out and using a certain level of skepticism behind things. Um, we, we are using that. And I think the challenge is when the average, I'm going to speak and say the average consumer um, may not initially think that way whenever um, we, they are being played. And, and not, to, not to assume that no one's thinking that way, but advertisements often on their end aren't being as transparent in some cases. I think um, I've heard the, the term coined at, uh, advertainment, kind of that merge between entertainment and advertising and uh, advertorials where there's at, um, editorial news that's being merged with with advertisements. And 
when I think about just um, teens in general, because that's who I usually uh, work with with media literacy, um, some of these teens who are you know, growing up in this culture of um, heavily influenced social media influencers who don't even recognize that these uh, individuals are being paid to advertise certain products and services and things to them. So I think that there's a certain level of uh, transparency that that we need to see as well um, in that in that industry. I raised my hand. Uh, that reminds me, I had two ideas for two topics for future episodes. So one topic is the topic of full disclosure, which we can talk about then. But essentially, that's a concept in news where a news presenter or a journalist uses full disclosure to disclose something that to make to make themselves more transparent. For instance, they report on a story about Walmart and at the end of the article, they'll say full disclosure, Walmart is a financial sponsor. NPR does it all the time. You can hear it on NPR. Um, We're talking about advertising and my wife runs an advertising agency, full disclosure. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, another, another, um, another topic that relates to, to both of those things is the idea of uh, separation of church and state as it pertains to journalism, not the, not the, the U.S. government, but as it pertains to journalism and the way that's sort of been eroded. Because, again, the newspaper has to compete in the entertainment industry, and the way you do that is by selling advertisements. So they've got to... They've got to sell ads any way they can. And what they started doing is writing news articles that are actually advertisements, but present as news articles. Um, so those, I think, are two good topics for, for a future conversation, but obviously pertain to what we're talking about today. Also, one more thing, informal poll, uh, because you all know I love good regulations. Uh, what is the government agency? Because, you know, I believe the government is a tool of the people, and that's our best tool to, you know, negotiate with... Uh, with big business. Uh, so what's our government agency that regulates advertising? The FTC. That William got it right. It's the FTC federal trade commission. So, and also, I mean, there, there are state regulations on advertising too, but the, the big, the big boy is the FTC. That's right. And see, before I, I went to look it up today when we were coming into this conversation, because my initial thought, I didn't know right offhand, I thought it would be the F FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, because they handle communications, but it's a different association altogether. Yeah, thanks for throwing that in there, Matt, because that was one of the uh, another top question as well was, is uh, advertising regulated? And um, I think there's actually some more good questions that we didn't get to get into, but that could be branching off into a part two of this um, conversation. Um, I'll go ahead and wrap things up as we uh, reach the end of this podcast episode. But I do want to thank you guys so much for listening in and just joining our conversation today. Remember that you can find all things media literacy and media production on our website at AOCINC.org. And again, thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you at the next episode. Later. Mind on Media is a presentation of AOC Community Media. Our producer is Christy Tracy. Contributors include Mandy Ayo, Ed Bowie, Joe Ferguson, Bethany Ivey, William McFarlane, Matt Roberts, Skip Shannon, and Jacob White. For more information about media literacy and more, visit AOCINC.org. 
While you're there, become a member and a media creator. Click the Join button and join our community of producers. Check out our YouTube channel, AOC Community Media, for tutorials and videos from our community producers. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for AOC Community Media.